Everyone, this is EFP. I'm here today to talk about character development on March 22nd, 2018. Character development is something that I hold dear to my heart as a player. Normally I GM, but I, I, I want to be able to talk about things that I do as a player as well. And character development, I think, is something that is way overlooked. I think that players in general don't ask themselves questions other than, what's the newest thing? What's the mechanic I can use? How can I be the best? Well, today we're going to break down how I build a character, and hopefully this will help you in your everyday building and in your character developments. So the five topics are going to be questions for your GM before you start developing your character, ideas before book, and then we're going to have mechanics to flavor, defining moments, and what I call the morality grid. So let's dive in. So, questions to the GM. What in the hell do I mean when I say this? It's pretty simple. Before you start a campaign, you should be asking your GM, what are we doing? What are we playing? What is the setting I'm going to be involved with? Because with this kind of information, you can make a character that fits what you're getting ready to play. We've all had that character that sits on the table, makes Wolverine, and we're doing diplomatic intrigue. As a player, your duty is to not only make a character you want to play, but make something that fits with the rest of the party and that fits with the setting your GM has taken time to craft for you and to run. Don't just make something because you have a whim that you want to play that. And if it doesn't fit, put a sh shelf it. Use it later. So here's some of the questions I think you should ask your GM when you're diving into a new game or if you die and you're making a new character. So let's start with this. Who are we as, as characters, as players? Are we heroes? Are we villains? Are we, are we all going in to do dungeon delving? And I say to ask this because you always get that guy who makes an evil character, but everyone knew that you guys are going to play good guys, you're going to play heroes. You want to ask this question before you start your development. Nothing's worse than finishing and finding this out later. What do we do? I mean, are we farmers? Are we playing Catan, the role-playing game? Or are we heroes that work for a king? Are we guerrilla warfare people who have been living out in the forest between uh, the kingdom and the tyranny that is going on? Are we mages that are researching something new? Ask what is it we do? Now this can change later in the game, but your character will change and develop as you play. When you start, you want an idea of what you're building into, what you're going to be involved with. Nothing would be worse if you're having a highly magical game and you pick something that is very warrior class, or if it's modern, someone just uses guns, but you can take in the investigation or something that helps out with the occult nature. Got to make yourself fit in. Because if you don't, one, you're going to be bored. And two, you're going to be that guy at the table sitting and doing nothing. And that's not fun for anyone involved, and it makes it difficult on the GM. So what do we do? Next, should we know each other as players? Are we all friends? Are you starting us as a group? If not all of us, should some of us, like, should we be siblings? Should we have been raised in orphanage together? Are we, uh, are we married? What do we do for that? Make sure there's an idea from the GM of if we are going to be a group that knows each other, established or not. This is something your GM may not think about asking himself. And by you asking him, it will put it into his head. And, like, the last thing for me is... Build PCs together. Now, I'm not saying this has to be the old school method where we all sit at a table, waste our first session, aka session zero, making fucking characters for the hero engine, because it takes forever. 
what I mean is we have Discord now. We have Facebook. We have plenty of text messaging, plenty of ways to talk to each other. Get the conversation rolling to make sure no one's stepping on somebody else's toes. I have a player in my group who has had his toes stepped on numerous times, and it's for a long time. I was just telling players, yeah, go make characters come back to the table because I didn't care. And then later on in my GMing career, I realized, dude, I'm doing them a disservice. I'm sure as shit doing myself one. So instead, find out. Ask those questions. And build your PCs together. Have a collective conversation through text. Hey, I'm thinking about playing this. For example, I'm getting ready to co-GM with my friend Nick Mork. And we want to decide we're going to run in my new setting, which is, you've heard in the last bumper I did in the last episode, Magic and Monsters, The Marks of Men. And we're going to play in this, and we're going to co-GM. So we're like, well, we're both going to have a character, and when one's not GMing, the other will play. And we're going to figure out how we're going to do this. Well, we had that conversation as a group. What is everyone playing? So we didn't double up. Or do we double up in spots that were needed? And this is a conversation we're having right now through our Discord. So do this. Do yourself the the job of having a quick group conversation instead of coming in blind and finding out that you made Thor and we ain't even playing in Marvel. All right, so let's move on to the next topic. So let's talk about before you open the book. What do I mean before you open the book? For me, it's the idea of coming up with a character concept before you even look at stats or crunch. And I do this for myself to avoid the 3-0 champions, heroes, plumbing my character into maximum efficiency of one thing. Instead, think about developing some ideas for your character. And I don't mean you have to be a method actor, and I don't, I don't mean that you have to take all fucking day. I mean that you need to sit, stop, and think a really brief idea of what you want your character to be. So this is my second time recording this part because someone called. Here's what I had said. When you make your character... Think about what do they like to do. Everyone has hobbies. Our favorite heroes, our favorite people in real life, they have things that they do and the things that they excel at, and then they have their hobbies. So for me, let's say I want to make a weapon master, and he's amazing at it. And he's always wanted to be a weaponsmith, but because of his travel and what he's decided to do and what he's good at, which is fighting and, and you know taking care of things that need to be taken care of, he collects the marks and the marked weapons of weaponsmiths, amazing things crafted by these amazing people. And he writes letters back to them, telling them how they operated in battle, how if they were efficient, if they were out, weren't weighed right, if the wrap they use for the handles just, it gets too slippery in the rain, or it rusts super easy, the sheath isn't waterproof. And he sends notes back, and that is his way of helping a craftsman be better at their job, which makes him more efficient in what he does. That little bit of depth gives that character more than, I kill things. There's some care behind what he does. He knows he's skilled. He would maybe retire as a weaponsmith, but for now, this is what he's amazing at. That little bit, before you open the book, makes a big difference in how you build your character. Because now you might take things like, I'm going to have a couple things in weaponsmithing, so I can use that to understand, or knowledge in heraldry. Or knowledge in, you know, historical stuff so I know the marks of them. Or if you're playing a very specific skill system, you have knowledge on weaponsmiths throughout the world. Those little bits flesh your character out. And it gives the GM something to play with. So, it stops the power gaming is my bottom line. And, I think maybe even more importantly than stopping the power gaming, it makes you think about your character in a light further than the stats on the sheet. 
The last thing I'll say about before you open the book is this. Think about things you haven't played recently. Think about uh, classes that you've overlooked. So, for example, I love Wizard, but I'm really tired of the Vancian Magic system. Well, we're getting ready to play 5th edition, and I was like, I don't know, I don't want to play this. And I made the mistake of not reading Wizard. Wizard was always my favorite class, but they've changed it, and it's really good now. Uh, it is still fancy and magic at its core, the idea of memorization slots, but with ritual magic and everything else you have, your options are broad. You don't just have to blow things up, and they, they force you to specialize in a school of magic. These are the things that I overlooked. So when I opened the book finally and saw Wizard, I was like, I don't know, and I read it, I was like, oh my god, I'm in love again. So think that. Think about that. Think about the things you don't play anymore. Maybe something left in a bad taste in your mouth, but it's a new system that you're getting ready to play. Look at them, because they may not be the same. I know paladins do that for people, too. Look at them. They may not be what you expect them to be. So with that, let's move on to the next part. So at this point, mechanics is what I'd be looking at to flavor my ideas that I just made. What can I do? We're going to continue down this weapon master path. Playing 5e, what can I do to be a better weapon master? What has D&D given me? So you look through D&D and start looking. There's a weapon type. There's a weapon master. Do I want to be good with all weapons? And the answer is, yeah, I want to be able to pick anything up. Maybe it's not even what I'm carrying. Maybe it's, maybe I take them from other people who are, who are weak. And if I take your weapon from you, I stop fighting you. I tell you to back off. These are ideas. I start looking through mechanics and building out this weapon master who only kills those that are armed. And if you feel someone is you know, inferior to his, his abilities, he takes their weapon and tells them, you know, to fuck off. I don't want to kill you. You're not good at this. Go find a new career. So I start looking for mechanics for that. And I look for mechanics that make me excited. Remember, you're playing this character for a while. So I want things that I get to do that are specific to my class, to the fighter class, to being a weapon master. I also look at the skills to make sure I have robust set of skills that make me more than just a meat shield, more than just a blade in hand. So I take those things like I talked about. Maybe I understand about crafting. Maybe I have some history and I'm, I talk about history about people who created weapons throughout history and how that has affected war and affected things going on and how a person is a weapon themselves and what they can do to keep themselves calm when they're not on the field because leaving battle is hard. These are pieces that you can put together. So look at those mechanics and find things that emphasize the ideas that you want instead of these things add together and align to make the most optimal answer to cause death and destruction. So mechanics for flavor. If there isn't a mechanic that flavors what you want, you know your GM better than I do. Talk to them, but don't just come and say, I want to do this because. Come with them with a, hey, this isn't in the book. Here's the idea of what I'd like to do. Here's what I think, how it would work. What do you think? Because most GMs that they see, you're excited about your character and what you're doing. And they, especially if they see for once, if you're that power gamer and you're doing this as a role-playing thing, they're probably going to follow through with it. And they may ask you, well, are you trying to power game? And tell them no, because you're not. you got to get over this new, uh, the old hurdle of people power gaming and asking to change things to make the character more powerful. Remember, you're making your character to make him a character, to develop it into something that fucking matters in the game, to have role-playing opportunities, not double L, L-E. That's it for the mechanics. So I want to go on to defining moments. 
Now, you've probably heard me talk about defining moments. If you know me personally, we've played any of my games, or maybe even on earlier podcasts. Defining moments are the idea of a GM writing up either family names, ideas, or moments that define a character, and you then pick them and develop that into your character or develop your character around them. It ties them into the story, and it's better than just having a little blurred background. Well, I've never talked about it from the PC side. And there's a way to use it as a PC, even if your GM is not. And it's for you to keep yourself in check. So, defining moments. I think that the best way to do this is to look at your character when you're finished and go, man, what has my character done prior to this adventure that makes him known or defines who he is as a person? So if I'm a weapon master, you could go with simple things like uh, train for the first time and I beat the person who has been training me for 15 years. Not only did I beat him, I beat him and he sent me to someone better. And I beat that guy. And I beat every teacher that I went to. And I realized that I had a natural knack. And now I'm looking for a student instead of being the student. So that's a really good idea. Even at first level, you got to think getting a student is not hard. Or any game you're playing in, if you're at the beginning of your career, there are people below you, the farmhands, people like that, people who show an inkling they haven't had the chance. Even easier if you're higher level when you start. Second, and I think this is probably just as important, looking at your stats and what makes your character them, what do they do that emphasizes that? Are you really strong? Did you... Lift a door off someone in a burning building? Did you throw a wagon off somebody when the tire went out when they're changing it, the wagon wheel? In a modern game, are you extremely intelligent? Did you realize how to hack a comlink um, with nothing but your own comlink? And it was supposed to be impossible. What kind of things have you done that define your character? Did you write a program? Did you invent a new form of magic in a fantasy setting? Are you the best pilot? Did you do the Kessel Run? Before the movies were even out. These are the kind of things that make your character feel important and they define them. So for our weapon master, we know he's looking for a student. And I think another one is he's really strong and maybe he's got a lot of hit points. And can take, take the hits in 5e. And I've decided that he has been the frontline fighter in numerous battles. And he never goes in last. He always goes in first. And he's defended numerous villages. But the one that is memorable is when the orc wave came in to the home village when he came back to visit. And he defended everyone the best he could, but it was the first time in his life he was overwhelmed. And he realized he needed to be better so this could not happen again. That's a defining moment for that character. It changes something that he is and turns it into something so much fucking better. So even if your GM's not using it, you can. And here's what I recommend doing. Write them down. I use note cards. You can use whatever you want. Write them down. Short blurbs. Really simple. Put a little box next to them that you can check off when you use it in game. To remind yourself that you have shared it with other players or haven't. Or you could abbreviate the people's names below who know. And then I star mine for the most important things to the least. Just little stars next to them. And the reason I do this is I know this is something that is most likely to come up. But if he has a deep, 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 dark secret. For example, what he didn't say is he killed each teacher that he had on accident because he doesn't know how to control himself because I've decided to take a level of barbarian and the raid just kicked in 
and he's killed each of his teachers, and he's now out to seek a way to stop this from happening. Well, now, now that defining moment just became something dark. He doesn't talk about it, but he visits, visits graves. He writes messages to weapon masters, our teachers, to, and to weapon smiths, and he does everything he can to better himself as the warrior he is. So think about that and write them down. Do one for a primary stat, more if you want, but just it's the idea of getting together who that character is. All right, let's move on. The Varen Voss mountain range. Snow-capped peaks house the Uterak kingdom in the city of Quartz. These courts are each aligned with a school of magic, and they hold the most powerful magics to themselves and the families that own it. Only shared to others in training, mages, sorcerers, and the like. They believe the magic is too powerful, the schools too vast, for one person to hold all the power. And they point their fingers across the way to the neighboring kingdom kingdom of Imperia, where monsters are made still to this day. This is the game of magic and monsters, Marks of Men, and you'll be able to find this on my Patreon this month. It'll be one of the paid things that come out as a micro-campaign for 5e. I took 5e and decided I needed more magic, I needed more magical items, and I needed to raise up to that kind of level I remembered when I was younger but I wanted the depth and darkness that you find in the fantasy things we love nowadays Game of Thrones is a great example of this Lord of the Rings movies so if you sign up for Patreon by the end of the month you will be able to play the beta style the beta type of Magic and Monsters I hope you guys all enjoy I'll get you back into the podcast. So let's talk about the morality grid. What is a morality grid? I developed this when I made my first character for Shadowrun on the Emerald Grid. And I needed a way, we're all used to alignments, right? But I needed a way to be more than alignment. Shadowrun doesn't have this. So I developed this really easy method. You take a note card. You draw a rectangle in the middle, leave the outside edges blank, so you can write around it. Draw an arrow on each corner, that's larger, and smaller arrows on each of the sides. Then I split that rectangle into four boxes. The concept behind this is I sit down and think about what my character will and will not do. The cardinal directions. And in each one of the corners, I put those opposite things. So for Noah... He will only fight if it's an honorable fight. On the opposite corner, if these people are Yakuza, he breaks this vow. He will murder anyone who is part of the Yakuza. On the upper right in the good area, he loves food. He thinks food heals. And not just physically, but mentally. That The idea of a good meal with friends can solve most problems. On the bottom left, he will never, ever poison a person with this food, no matter how much he dislikes them. He will feed them, he may fight them outside, but he will never murder them through food. 
And then the lines in between those walls of the box, I start filling in the gray. The gray between those spots. The things that make sense to me. And then the boxes inside, I write examples and little vows of that gray zone. What what he will or won't do. Examples of those. And if things happen where he breaks those codes, I write them in. And I put a little die or whatever marker I want. And kind of the coordinate that I am currently playing in the scene that I am in. If he's the friendly, happy person who gives out food, loves the idea of eating with friends, I keep the box up there. If we've moved to an honorable moment, I move it to there to keep his the idea of him being honorable in, in my mind as I'm playing him. If we're fighting Yakuza and in between Yakuza and food, the answer is they deserve a good meal before their death. He may serve them food and then murder all of them. Because everyone has the right to eat one good meal, share final thoughts before dying. This is how I developed Noah's morality grid. And I've had to change it recently because of things that have happened and I've added to it. But it's just another tool that I use along with defining moments to keep this character in check. So it feels like a character and it doesn't just feel like me. If you have questions about this at all, call into the show. If you are interested about how I do these defining moments or the morality grid, maybe I can post some pictures up for you guys. That's something you would like to see, or I can design some templates and put them up on my Patreon. The last thing I will say here is the goal of today's podcast is to better you as a PC, to not just rely on your GM to do everything, but instead to take the development into your own hands, ask the questions of your GM, your players, and of yourself on how to make what you're making the best it can be. It doesn't need to be time-consuming, but we all need reminders when we're playing our character of who that character is. So that's it for episode 20. I hope the idea of character development is something you kind of think about as a player. And GMs can use this as well as things to hand out to the players to try. If you have any questions about what happened on the podcast today, the show, or things I have going on on my Patreon, call in. Anchor is free. There's a little call-in button in the lower left-hand corner. Or if you listen to me on a podcast through your podcatcher, whatever it may be, find me on social media. Find me under Eric Frankhouse anywhere. Twitter, Facebook, wherever you would like. And I'll answer. Now I will say pretty soon we're going to have a Facebook group for EFP, for Eric Frankhouse Presents, for the business page. And I'll have you guys sign up for that, and it'll be a really easy way to communicate with me. So I hope this helped you as a player to be better at the game and the hobby that we love. Also, you might notice the audio is a little different today. I've kind of redone my closet into a sound booth. I hope it sounds better. And I hope this is something I can continue doing and that you guys enjoy. That's it for me today. You know the rule. It's real simple, everyone. Grab some dice, get a beer, and share the hobby we love. Remember to watch, listen, and learn. All right, everybody. I'll talk to you later. Enjoy the rest of the week. <laughs>